The grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Happy New Year. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, especially those of you who are visiting with us today. It is great to have you here. On each one of the pews near the center aisle, there is a friendship pad. It's a black folder, and we'd love to have you sign in and let us know that you're here, whether you're visiting or whether you're regularly with us. There are a bunch of announcements that are inside of our bulletin. Some of the programs that took a break for Christmas are starting up again now that uh, Christmas season is about to be over. You can see on the front of the connections that our third Friday group invites you to join them uh, this month for, to hear from Anna and George Kafalis about their work with refugees in Greece. Anna and George, wave at us, would you? When they, uh, their, their daughter and son-in-law are in a church in Athens that has quite a ministry with refugees who managed to end up in Greece at least for a while on their way in the case of some people. So Anna and George have done a lot of hands-on work with those people and are going to be telling us about that. And they always love to have people go there too with them. So that might be something that you may want to do sometime in the future. You can sign up for that today. It is a potluck dinner to go along with that. Inside of the connections, there are lots of things that are going on. You can see that well, if you are new that we have things for all different uh, places in life. We have a widow's group that's called Gals Group that invites you to join them if, that's what, if you are a widow of any age. Uh, we have a mom's group for mothers of, of school-age children. And there's a family fun night coming up in January that is always really a lot of fun. There is a Red Cross blood drive in January, and they are signing up people today to give blood or to help with it if you are unable to give blood. They would love to have you help. And we also have a children's homework club, Club 3 to 5, because it meets from 3 till 5 on, on, during the week on Mondays, and that is signing up also for the next season, which is after Christmas. Uh, you can see that we also have wonderful pictures from Christmas Eve and a picture of our newest newborn, Andrew James Hines, inside of the connection. He was born just a couple of days before Christmas. What a Christmas they must have had at their house. Uh, the poinsettias that are still here and in the entryway are left from Christmas Eve. We would love to have you take them when you leave. Take three or four or five or ten, in fact, um, because after today, they, will, they are no more. You might want to be sure that you get one that's not an everlasting one. Uh, some of them are, uh, <clears throat> Just some, some of them never die. They never are those die. the only ones that never die? These and those. Th these and those, yeah. Mm -hmm. They'll, you'll see them again they next die. year. But all the rest of them would be very happy to make a home at your house until they die there. So <laughs> feel free to have them. Uh, today the flowers here are celebrating the 67th anniversary of Marv and Pat Drew. So we congratulate them. They were in the first service today. Thank you for your generosity throughout the year and especially in December. We began the month of December with quite a shortfall for our budget. And you can see there's a bit of an update on the back of the connections. And the most updated figure is that we need 42000 to complete the year in the black. And today is the last day of the year. So um, thank you for your generosity in the past. And we hope that uh, God will move you, move you to complete that 42000 within the next day or so. Uh, we have had a few members who have passed away during the Christmas season. Uh, Linda Hall passed on December 15th and Bill Odman, Odlum, on December 23rd. And the service for Tally Parish will be this coming Saturday at 1 o'clock. You are all very welcome to join us for that to celebrate her life. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let's pray. When all things in silence lay and the night was in the midst of her course, your word leaped down from your royal throne, O God. In a stable you left behind the glory of heaven and came as a small vulnerable stranger into the world which your hands had made. So we rejoice and ask that your word may speak to us and live in us and that we may glorify you forever. Amen. The psalmist call us to worship. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the highest. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His host. Praise, Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise, praise the, the Lord, Lord from the earth, earth you sea, sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling His command, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together, Praise the Lord. Good Christians, all rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today. Oxidas before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. tell that on the mountain church over the hills and everywhere
words of the Apostle Paul call us to confession. Peace has come. By nature, we deserve God's wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, he brought us to life with Jesus Christ when we were dead in sin. By this favor, we are saved. So, with the full assurance of God's grace, we come humbly before our God and confess our need for God's redeeming grace. God of grace, you call us to repentance at the beginning of a new year. Forgive us for past unfaithfulness, silence in the face of injustice and inaction and suffering. Move us from fearfulness in securing all we have toward faithful stewardship and sharing what you have so generously given. Help us to share your gifts and those who cry out for daily bread. Hear us, O Lord, that we may be your faithful church. Prince of Peace, healer and reconciler, Heal the divisions in your church and among the peoples of the world. As you prayed that we should all be one, give us new visions to enable that unity. Be with us on our journey that we may be your faithful disciples, salt and light in the world. Forgive us our lack of humility, our failure to forgive one another as you forgive us again and again and again. Hear us, O Lord, that, that we, we may be your faithful church. Spirit of wisdom, release us from fear. Lead us forward, even as you have led your church forward from an empty cross and tomb through 20 centuries. As we walk unexplored paths into an unknown future, open us to new possibilities Renew our hope. Give us the mind of Christ. Grant us faith to move ahead, ever faithful, until the day of Christ's return. Hear us, O Lord, that we may be your faithful church. We lift up our personal and silent confessions. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. We will praise, praise the, the name, name of the Lord. For his, his name, name alone is exalted. His, his glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Amen.
Testament reading this morning is from Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 21. Hear the word of God. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, which would have been 40 days after the birth, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to his mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword shall pierce your soul also. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after their marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. Great age, 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last year, my favorite Christmas gift... was an Amazon Echo Dot. Do you have one? Have you seen them? It was given to me last year because um, now that we've installed LED lights in our house, they cause interference with the radio, and I like to listen to the radio in the kitchen while I cook. In fact, I bought a new radio for the kitchen, and as soon as the lights were done, it just was kaput. I couldn't listen to anything. So my son figured out that I could listen to the radio on this, and I figured that's about all it would do. Doesn't look like much. That's probably about all. Aha. Do you know what you can do with these things? Not only can you get it to play your radio station, you can ask it for news. This morning I asked it what the weather was going to be in Laguna Beach today, and it told me what I'd be seeing. It will tell me what's on my calendar for the day. Uh, it can tell me all sorts of things. In fact, my granddaughter has discovered that she can say to it, Alexa, open the magic door, and it will start to tell a story. And the story has choices in it. It will say to her something like, do you want to go to the beach or do you want to go to the hill? And whichever she chooses, the story will then change and branch out. Do you want to sit by the rabbit or do you want to go see the king? And it, the story changes throughout. It is amazing. So I got a second one for Christmas this year because that one's in my bedroom and it wakes me up to my favorite radio station each morning. You can say, Alexa, set an alarm for every day to, to wake me up to... KUSC or to 
NPR or whatever you want it to be. So it doesn't look like much, but there's a whole lot more to it than it looks like, isn't there? The story today that we have in Scripture is kind of like that. It doesn't look like much of a story, but there's a whole lot more there if you have eyes to see them. As Mary and Joseph bring baby Jesus to the temple, he is perhaps one of a dozen, maybe hundreds of kids who will be brought to the temple that day to be dedicated to the Lord. It is a big place. Surely there were many, many people coming that day for all sorts of business, undoubtedly many of them with kids. In obedience to the law, eight days after birth, Jesus had been circumcised, and now they have come to the temple to do a couple of other rituals that are expected according to the Jewish law to fulfill those requirements of purification and dedication of the child. They have walked there from Bethlehem, which is only six miles away from Jerusalem, not nearly as far away as their home in Nazareth would be. Though it's not a baptism, it's kind of similar because it's bringing your child before the Lord for a blessing. It seems to me there is just something about being a new parent, especially with your first one. You are just so in love with the kid. You are so proud of the child. You so are excited, but you're also so aware you cannot do this by yourself. And so there is just this urge to bring your child before the Lord and ask for God's blessing. In the Jewish tradition, it's circumcision. In our church, it's infant baptism. Uh, when our children were small, we were not in a church that had infant baptism, so the church had dedication of infants because everybody wanted to do something that would acknowledge God's care over that child and ask for God to guide them as they continued to raise him. As Mary and Joseph head for the temple that day, I think it's not hard to imagine some of what they must have felt like. Like so many parents, they come with all that kind of excitement, with all that kind of pride, their great love for this little guy. And then they come with awe into this amazing, huge temple, far larger than this, a place that when you come from Nazareth probably looks especially big and amazing. Surely there's a little bit of nervousness bringing a newborn. Now, this is not a newborn, but you know what newborns do. You just never can quite predict what's going to happen. They could, they could suddenly start crying. They could suddenly make a mess all over. Surely there was a little worry about that sort of thing, bringing a newborn before the Lord into his great temple. For many people, this, that feeling of feeling inadequate to raise a child, if, they, if anybody would feel it, most surely it would be Mary and Joseph. Imagine, they are not just raising any child. They're raising the child that the angel said was the son of God and who would save his people from their sins. Now, what kind of parenting does it take to raise a kid like that? They must have felt absolutely overwhelmed. I also can't help but think that they may have been a little bit worried about what kind of welcome they would receive in the temple. Surely, during the years of Mary's pregnancy, we know that both Mary and Joseph received scorn in their village of Nazareth because of the unusual parenting of this child. And now, coming into the Jerusalem temple, even though it's far from home, I think they could have been concerned. Is there somebody here who somehow is going to know our story and know that this is unusual? Is there somebody here who maybe is going to give us the cold shoulder, or worse, as we try to bring our child to the Lord. We don't know how the temple officials treated him at all. However, they, he did get the most amazing welcome from a couple of elderly people in the congregation. Imagine if you had come in this morning, and suddenly a couple of people that you don't know had swept up to you and grabbed your child in their arms and talked about what they already knew about him. That's what Anna and, uh, I can't even do it, that Anna and Simeon did that day. Anna and Simeon, people came out of the shadows. They didn't even know. And they grabbed him and just exulted over this amazing child. 
and the promises of God that were going to come true in this baby. Through him, they say, God has crossed a line. He has crossed to live within human history, to live as one of us. And because of this child, God will make Israel a blessing to all nations, even to the Gentiles, will all know God's love and God's care. In case Mary and Joseph have any doubts about whether this Jesus baby, who looks so much like any other little guy and who can't even hold up his head yet, about whether he is really the Son of God, like the angel said. God has sent a different kind of messenger. Instead of an angel, he sent a couple of elderly people this time, a couple of the most devout saints of, of Israel. What better confirmation could there be than these two people who spend their day in prayer and waiting for God's promises? Everybody knew their deep faith. Everybody knew if they said this kid was the Messiah, he surely must be. You would, of course, believe them. The parents would remember this blessing their whole lives long. And so would the early church. They would remember that the most devout people within the Jewish temple embraced their child as the Messiah right from his birth. Have you ever had anybody in your life who was like an Anna or a Simeon? Somebody who maybe could see something in you that other people couldn't see. Somebody who encouraged you. Somebody who perhaps even set you on the road that you're on. Confirmed God's purpose in your life. It seems like I've had dozens of Annas and Simeons in my life. For some, it was just a word. They just said a passing word, and it meant a lot. Other people have been almost like a mentor to me for years and years. What a difference it makes. What a difference to have somebody who sees something in you. Is there somebody that you could do that for? Maybe there's somebody in your life that nobody else could do it for as well as you. They're just waiting for your word of encouragement, of seeing something in them, of seeing God's purpose in their life. But then Simeon's words take on a darker note. Simeon is also able to see what no one but wants to hear at such a ceremony about their child, because trouble is going to follow this kid. Whatever rejection the parents have already experienced, Whatever difficulty giving birth in a stable, things are only going to get worse. The redemption that he is going to bring to the world is going to be at great cost. He will accomplish his mission, but in misunderstanding and sorrow. And that sorrow will deeply affect Mary, too. We don't have Anna's actual words that she used to bless the baby. I wish we did. But we do have Simeon's. And Simeon's words are often called a song. After holding the child in his hands, this promise of life, he sings what is called by the church the nunc dimittis. That stands for the, it's actually the Latin first two words in what Simeon says, which is now dismiss. So what Simeon said was, Master, now dismiss your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. For centuries, the French Protestants in the Reformed tradition like we are in have used that song at the end of their communion service because actually here at the table, we take the child into our hands and we taste, and we see that he is good. We see his salvation, and we taste it. Today, at the end of our service, after we receive communion, we will also be using Simeon's song to thank God for allowing us to see and to taste and to hold him ourselves. For 700 years, Christians have also used Simeon's prayer at the end of the day, 
as a way to commend themselves to God as darkness falls, to commend themselves, now I let your servant go in peace, and also to look back at the day and to see where they have seen God's salvation or uh, God at work within the day. You might, if you go to England and go to an evensong service, the evensong service usually would end with this. It would be sung, the nunc dimittis, commending all of us to God through the night and, and thanking him for the way we've seen him at work during the day. You could do that in your own prayer at the end of a day. Often I do. Look back through the day. Where have I seen God today? It's kind of like the echo dot. It doesn't look like much until you start looking at it, until you start looking at where God has been at work. It's something also to do at the end of the year, to look back and see as we stand just at the very end, where's God been at work this year? What, what has he done in my life? What has he done in the church? If you are a journaler, that might be something that you want to journal about tonight or tomorrow on the New Year Day as the end of the year has come. Think about going back through the centennial year as a church. For those of you who are uh, new to us, we have just finished celebrating our 100th anniversary, and we celebrated it all year long. And how we were able to look back and see the signs of God's grace, even in our founding. People who were back in 1917, a handful of people who built a church big enough to hold the whole population of Laguna Beach, just at the beginning of the Depression. Amazing that people had that kind of faith, that God's grace was so at work here in this little community of people. As we celebrated the year in January, the local museum, they were celebrating one of our founders, Anna Hills, who was an artist. And we were able to remember her and to remember the way God had used her in, as, in amazing ways for a woman in 1917, both here in the church and in the community. And then in March, we welcomed the whole city as part of Patriot's Day Parade to our Rose Garden, and we fed probably 2,000 people cupcakes in our Rose Garden. A chance for people to feel the hospitality of this congregation and be able to taste a little bit of who we are. And then in the summer, we celebrated 100 years of baptisms here. People came back with their children. Children who had been baptized here came back, talked about God's work in their lives. We had celebrated 100 years of weddings and heard amazing stories of things that had happened that God had done in people's lives. And then in September, we burned the mortgage and our great dinner at the Hotel Laguna. What a year of celebration of what God had done, celebrating God's faithfulness and just his acts of grace again and again and again in our lives as a church. This little prayer of Simeon's, I hope is one that you'll hang on to and that you'll pray again and again. It's printed in the bullet, and you could keep it from there, but you can also find it in Luke 2 whenever you want to find it. It's something to pray at the end of each day, at the end of the year, remembering God at work, but also entrusting yourself to God, entrusting yourself through the night, entrusting yourself to the next year. Because it's not just about looking back. It could also be about looking forward. As we stand here on the very threshold of a new year, what could it be that God has for us just over that threshold? How might God want to show us his salvation in this coming year? What is God going to do in your life? What is God going to do in our life as a church? What is he eager for you to notice? and pay attention to within this next year. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how thankful we are that you entered human history in Jesus Christ and that you continue to enter into our lives by your spirit. As we look back at the year with its joys and struggles, we confess that our eyes have seen your salvation, that we have glimpsed your powerful grace in the midst of our anniversary celebration and also 
in all the human pushing and shoving and anxiety of the year. You have planted yourself in all your fidelity. You have placed yourself amongst us in steadfastness and abiding care. We look ahead, asking that you will give us eyes to see you at work, to rest in you. We offer you our hearts full of gratitude. Amen. Let us bring to the Lord our morning offering. God of yesterday, today, and forever, 
We praise you that your steadfast love endures forever. In all generations, you have saved, called, gathered, and empowered your people to be your church. You charged us with your mission of healing and hope. You've given to us a vision of a new creation in which all that is incomplete, broken, wounded, or lacking in justice may be touched by your love. We thank you for your calling. As we finish this 100th year celebration of your faithfulness, we offer our praises to you for the truth of your word and the power of your spirit. We celebrate the hospitality of your table. Meet us here and fill us up with your presence. We thank you for the fellowship of your church, for the awareness you have planted in our hearts and witnessed to by your Holy Spirit that we have already by faith entered eternal life and that our foretaste of your sovereign rule will one day break with fullness of light into planet earth and into human history as the sunrise on a beautiful day. We ask that you will help us to give thanks for the past to be fully alive in the present, and to be awake for the future. Grant us wisdom for the living of these days. As we move into the new year, continue to nurture our souls. Good shepherd, keep us awake to what is happening in our world. Make us sensitive to the winds of your spirit. Protect us from self-centeredness, our preoccupation with things, our ways that are false. Guard us from the destructive powers that are in the world. Bless the offering we bring to you this Sunday. Grant to the session wisdom in developing mission and program. Open doors for the good news. Fill this sanctuary with young and old, with well and sick, with the despairing and the hopeful, with the searching, with those who have been found by you. Comfort us, Holy Spirit, as we remember loved ones, as we pray for those who have not made their peace with you, heal our diseases, our disappointments, our unfulfilled dreams. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. On that first Christmas, the angels sang, Peace on earth goodwill to all. They made the announcement to the shepherds who came in adoration and thanksgiving and a worshipful spirit to bow before the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. The Magi from the east had seen a great light in the sky that led them to Bethlehem and they came bringing their precious gifts to worship the Lord in the fullness of time. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem and to heal the whole creation, to reconcile us to God and us to one another. Jesus said people will come from east and west and north and south, and sit at table in the kingdom of God. And so we are here today because we have been drawn to this place, to this table, to, to receive the living Lord through faith, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We give thanks to God. Let us pray. Well, Lord, as we gather at this table, our hearts are filled with gratitude. We give you thanks for your boundless generosity this year and throughout the years. You give your word to call the worlds into being. You give your breath to make us in your image. You give your fidelity to form your own people and to deliver from captivity. You give your mercy to welcome us back home from our straying ways. In Jesus Christ, you enter human history and give your life for the life of the world. You open wide your welcoming, reconciling arms of love. Merciful God, send now in kindness your Holy Spirit 
to settle on this bread and cup and fill them with the fullness of Jesus. As with Simeon, we take you in our hands. Let us taste and see your salvation afresh. Send us out in gratitude as the body of Christ in this world to give, to tell, to live, even as we pray for the day when your kingdom comes in its fullness, saying, Our Father, Father who, art who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but but deliver deliver us from from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the the glory glory forever. forever. Amen. Amen. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this remembering me. In like manner, Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death and also the power of his love to heal the world and each one of our lives. Our ushers will bring you a row at a time to the front. We invite you to take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, commune, return to your seats prayerfully down the side aisles until all have been served. Would our elders please come?
As I promised, we are going to end this service with uh, Simeon's song as a prayer and as a benediction, so I invite you to stand, and we will read that benediction together from our bulletins. Would you stand? Now that we have held the Christ child in our hands and have tasted and seen his salvation, Master, now you are dismissing your servants in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. God bless us. Amen.